is a message from one of our Sunday celebrations. And you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. Hi everyone, good morning, welcome, so good to have you with us. Thank you for being here, whether you're part of Jubilee in Derby or Burton Family Church, or maybe you're joining us from further afield. Uh, I'm thrilled you're with us this morning. Do hope you've enjoyed your time with us so far. So we've been working our way through the book of Nehemiah over recent weeks. And uh, last week we looked at the dedication of the newly built wall around Jerusalem. And we looked at that in the first part of Nehemiah chapter 12. And we considered their worship, we considered their joy, particularly what a a big impact that had as as we read that, I think. So I wonder, how has your joy been this week? If you were with us last week and you heard that message, how's your joy been this week? Is that something you've been growing in as God been speaking to you about that? I, I do hope and trust that he has. So today I want to finish off chapter 12 and we're going to read the final few verses together. So that's Nehemiah 12 verses 44 through to 47 and it says this. At that time men were appointed to be in charge of the storerooms for the contributions, first fruits and tithes. From the fields around the towns they were to bring into the storerooms the portions required by the law for the priests and the Levites. For Judah was pleased with the ministering priests and Levites. They performed the service of their God and the service of purification, as did also the musicians and gatekeepers, according to the commands of David and his son Solomon. For long ago, in the days of David and Asaph, there had been directors for the musicians and for the songs of praise and thanksgiving to God. So in the days of Zerubbabel and of Nehemiah, all Israel contributed the daily portions for the musicians and the gatekeepers. They also set aside the portion for the other Levites, and the Levites set aside the portion for the descendants of Aaron. So, this is a talk about worship and giving. Now, please don't switch off at this point and think, oh, I don't want to hear that. No, no. I think it's an important subject for us to look at. Now, giving is a subject that I would tend to preach into maybe about once a year. Um, If I'm honest with you, I haven't really wanted to do that while we're only meeting online. I thought that's not really the best medium to uh, address this subject, I don't think. So I haven't preached about it in a while. But as we work our way through Nehemiah, It's in the text. We can't avoid it. It's here. We have to talk about it. So this morning, we're going to look at what they did and then what we should do. So let's pray together as we start. Heavenly Father, we thank you for being with us through this journey through Nehemiah. And we pray now as we consider these few verses together that you would speak to us. You'd be our teacher Holy Spirit, we pray that you'd open our hearts to hear from you today. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so let's start then with what they did. 
So we can see from the passage that we read here in Scripture, in Nehemiah 12, that the Old Testament uh, people of God had the, had the Old Testament law. And they were required to give God contributions, first fruits and tithes as the law required them. So they were obedient to God's word. And it appears too from the passage here that they were not only obedient, but they were joyful in their obedience. They were happy givers, not grudging givers. And giving was part of their worship. It wasn't separate to it. It was part of it. It's demonstrated and talked about here in, in Nehemiah 12, this whole passage about celebration and dedication and, and worship. And this part of giving is part of their overall worship to God. And it's important that we understand that, that it was part of, of worship. Because for us, we, we sometimes talk about, don't we, taking the offering, or we might say, we're going to take the offering for the work of the church. Now, that's not wrong. That, that is what we do. But it's not the whole picture. And if that's our only understanding of it, then actually we've missed the entire point. It's not the fundamental reason that we give. It's not the, the fundamental reason that we, we take up an offering. We give because God commands us to give. We give out of obedience and our giving is to God. Now, it just so happens for us that our giving is through and for the ministry of a local church. But it's important that we understand in doing this, we're giving to God primarily. It's important we get this right because if we miss if we miss this, if we don't get this in our understanding, then we can just end up thinking that it's just like paying their subs or it's your subscription every, every month, you know, just like you might give to the Cubs or to the National Trust, whatever it is that you're part of. We need to understand that we're giving to God. It's part of our worship and in our obedience to him. Now, Raymond Brown, in his commentary on Nehemiah, lists six characteristics of their giving. And he points out that their giving was organised, specific, grateful, obligatory, regular and universal. Let's just take each one of those really quickly for a moment. So firstly, it was organised. Men were appointed to collect the offerings. It wasn't a random thing. They were tasked and appointed to collect these offerings. It was specific. There were contributions. There were first fruits. There were tithes. It was a specific requirement and they were being obedient in it. The people were grateful. The text shows us that because the ministry of God's servants had brought them such delight, they were gratefully giving to God out of grateful hearts. It was obligatory. All Israel contributed. And it was regular. These were daily portions in their context. And finally, it was universal. Everyone was involved. Even the Levites, they, they were, were giving out of what was given to them. They were included uh, and they responded as well. Now, I think all of those, uh, all of those six points are pretty self-explanatory. So rather than dwell on those specifically anymore today, 
What I want to do is to move on to think about what are the implications for us today in our culture, in our world, what should we be doing to this? And as we go through this, then we'll we'll see to some more relevance to this list we've just looked at. So what about us? Well, when I was looking at the passage afresh this week and praying and preparing, I was reminded of the passage that we've often referred to in 1 Corinthians 16. This is where Paul teaches the Corinthian church about giving. Let's read a few verses together to, uh, to remind ourselves. Passage in, is in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, and it says this, first four verses. Now about the collection for the Lord's people, do what I told the Galatian churches to do. On the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income, saving it up so that when I come, no collections will have to be made. Then when I arrive, I will give letters of introduction to the men you approve and send them with your gift to Jerusalem. If it seems advisable for me to go also, they will accompany me. Now, the background here is Paul's writings to the church in Corinth. We can see that in the letter. But the principles that he outlines here are the same ones that he's also given to the Galatian churches. Now, these are not some random thoughts, but these are well-tested principles. And it's easy to imagine that Paul taught them in other places as well. So what does he have to say about giving? Well, Unsurprisingly, it's very similar to what Nehemiah had to say. Let's, let's think about it as we go through. Firstly, it's periodic. It's on the first day of every week. Giving should be a regular practice for us. For Nehemiah, it was daily. In our context, it, it would probably be whenever you get paid, be that weekly or monthly. Now, of course, it's not wrong to react and respond to specific requests and, and one-off asks. But Paul here is talking about a regular occurrence, not just a, a one-off exercise, not just an emotional response to a specific appeal, but giving that is thought through, giving that is planned, giving that is periodic. So whether it's once a week or, or once a month, probably just comes down to how often you're paid when you receive any income. But the principle here is regularity. I think getting into the habit of giving regularly is a good habit to get into. And I don't think you can ever learn this too early either. Now, even if you're at school and you've just got a Saturday job, you can still give out of that and, and learn some good habit, habits now. And trust me, if you learn good habits early on, they will stand you in good stead throughout your life. So firstly, it's periodic. Secondly, it's personal. Paul says, every one of you, we're all invited to participate in this. In Nehemiah's time, all Israel responded and was glad to do so. It was everyone. Everyone was involved. It's interesting, isn't it? In the Corinthian passage, Paul is not just speaking to the wealthy. Everyone has a part to play here. It's not just the rich and the wealthy. It's all of us. 
you know it's so important for us to realize this friends because it, it, it applies to each of us whatever our level of income is so whether you earn a lot or whether you earn a little you can still be generous with what you have remember the issue here is not the size of your salary it's the size of your heart all of us have a heart all of us have a part to play so how's your heart in this thirdly our giving should be planned paul says set aside there's some planning and thought that goes into it for nehemiah the giving was organized that's another good word that means very similar things so it shouldn't be a matter of the offering bucket going around and you're just sort of scrabbling in your pocket thinking oh no what loose change have i got you know that, that's not planned that's not set, setting aside planned giving is thoughtful planned giving has been prayed about planned giving if you're married has been discussed with your husband or wife proverbs 21 verse 5 says the plans of the diligent lead surely to advantage but everyone who is hasty comes surely to poverty we need to be diligent and plan here now for us personally as, as a family giving is the first line in our household budget and it goes in first because we're giving god the first fruits and anyway if you, if you try and put it in later trust me it doesn't work <laughs> you need to put giving in first and again for us for years we've given by standing order or by other ways automated our giving why because that's being organized it's planning ahead we make a decision on the amount and then we automate it you know just like i think is it i think is it sergey in the compare the market ads oh, i love those adverts you know it's automated as, as he would say you know it doesn't preclude us making additional gifts but it does mean that the bulk of our giving certainly our regular giving is predetermined pre-planned and automated trust me it makes life much easier fourthly our giving should be proportional paul says in keeping with his income you know a common question i get asked sometimes is how much should i give well maybe a better question is how much should i keep i've said before when talking about giving that our starting point is always psalm 24 verse verses 1 and 2 the earth is the lord's and everything in it all who live in it for he founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters the earth is the lord's and everything in it everything belongs to him it's all his anyway we're just stewards looking after things temporarily for god for a while what you have is on loan to you for a period of time now i know that's not the attitude of of the world around us but you know that's that's the truth so when you ask the question how much it's actually easy to answer with just one word and that word is generosity 
generosity. Right throughout scripture, you see the right response to a generous God is a generous heart and generous giving. Now, in the Old Testament, God commanded his people to tithe, which is giving God 10%. It's enshrined in, in Old Testament law. Proverbs 3 as well talks about it. Honour the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. It was a, a giving God the first portion, first fruits. Now, there were blessings that were attached to tithing and curses that were attached to non-tithing. And in Malachi 3, God even encourages people to test him in this, to prove that he is faithful. And that proves to us that actually what we need in this exercise is not more money, but more faith. Now, as Christians, we know we're not bound by Old Testament law. Jesus has fulfilled Old Testament law, so we're not bound by it in the same way. So how does it affect us now? What does it mean for us? Well, it could be very tempting, couldn't it, to ditch the idea of tithing. Think, oh, it doesn't apply to us now. Let's get rid of that. No, no, actually, interestingly, the first time we come up um, with, with tithing in the Bible, the first time we see it in God's word, is actually some six or seven hundred years before the law was given to Moses. It's when Abraham meets the priest of God, Melchizedek. Abraham gives him a tenth of everything in Genesis 14. Theologians refer to this as pre-law. So we can't just write it off as irrelevant and somehow caught up in just Old Testament law that doesn't apply to us. And in the New Testament, Jesus had plenty of opportunity to dismiss tithing if he wanted to, but he didn't. On one occasion, he said this to the Pharisees in Luke 11. He said, Woe to you, Pharisees, because you give God a tenth of your mint, rue, and all other kinds of garden herbs, but you neglect justice and the love of God. Yeah, he could have gone on to say, Tithing isn't relevant anymore. You don't need to do that. But rather, what he says is this. You should have practiced the latter without leaving the former undone. I hear you, you know, need to be concerned about justice and the love of God, as well as giving God a tenth. So, if giving God 10% was good enough for the Old Testament people of God, don't you think we should be giving God so much more? I mean, think about it. How much more have we received from God than they had? We now live under grace, not law. And because of that, tithing, giving God 10%, I want to suggest to you, shouldn't be our end point, but should rather be our starting point. The Bible often speaks of tithes and offerings, recognises that many are in a position to give over and above this 10% figure. So our attitude then shouldn't be one of oh, just giving God the bare minimum, trying to get away with, with what you can, but rather thinking, how much can I give to God? What am I able to give to him? Now, for some of you, 10% might, might be just about it. You might see that as a stretch to start with. For others of you, more than that, 
11, 12, 15, 20% might be more appropriate. I mean, if you have a significant income, have you ever stopped to think about why God has given you that income in the first place? Is it just you can become more comfortable or have a newer car more often or a larger house or a bigger bank balance? Or is it rather so you can give more, be more generous, so you can resource the work of God in his world? We need to free ourselves from thinking that 10% is the, the end goal, but rather see it as the starting point and then moving forward. And, and, you know, I think if you're earning, I don't see how you can build a biblical case, a, even, even a biblical New Testament case for giving God less than 10%. And so for many of us today, I believe God would challenge us to move past the 10% and look to increase our giving on top of that. And number five, uh, our giving should be purposeful. When I come, Paul says no collections will have to be made. Our primary commitment and therefore our regular giving, our tithe or more, should be to our local church. Now, obviously we're free to give on top of that elsewhere, but by giving to the local church we're part of, we, we support local ministry, we, we can see how and where the money is spent, we're, we're involved in that. We get to see God building his kingdom where we are. So if you're watching this today, maybe you're, you're part of another church family and you're just watching this out, out of interest, then I want to encourage you to, to give where you are. Give to the local church family that you're part of. And if you're part of us in Derby or in Burton, I want to encourage you to give here to what God is doing. So, as we begin to wrap up, final question, what should we do? What's our response to a message like this? Well, I think the message like this should have a challenge for all of us. And let me give you some thoughts before we finish as to what some next steps might be for you. Now, I don't know what individuals give apart from us, but I do know this. I do know that many of you give regularly and generously. And for that, I want to say thank you. Thank you for giving. Thank you for giving faithfully. Thank you for giving generously. Particularly over what has been such a challenging and peculiar and, yes, that word again, unprecedented year. I know it's been a challenging year, but thank you for standing with us. Thank you for keeping on giving to God and honouring him. Thank you for your faithfulness. But maybe you're not in that category yet. Maybe you don't give or maybe you've just started to give occasionally or, or giving a little. Well, wherever, you're, wherever you are this morning, wherever you are at in your giving journey, I want to encourage you today to make some steps forward. If you're already giving generously and regularly and in proportion with your income, and when was the last time you reviewed that? When was the last time you thought about it, prayed about it, talked about it? I wonder, have you prayed and asked God for his perspective on it lately? 
This is an area that we all need to review regularly. So let me challenge you, if you haven't done that recently, then bring it to God and ask him what he would have you do and how he wants you to respond. If you're in a habit of giving occasionally, then you can consider moving to giving regularly, maybe by standing order, perhaps. I and mean, that really helps us as a church. It's, it helps us to budget and have an idea of, of cash flow and so on and so forth. It also helps you as well, helps you to get into a good pattern, helps you uh, to plan and prepare and be regular uh, in your giving to God. Maybe you're giving a little then I want to encourage you to make some steps towards giving God more. Maybe increase your giving to a more proportional amount. Now, many of us would struggle from giving nothing, going from giving nothing to giving 10% or more. That, that, that could be a big jump, I get that. But don't see that as a reason to do nothing. Rather, make some steps. Start to give something and then look to increase it over a period of time. And if you're not giving at all yet, let me encourage and challenge you to take some first steps on your giving journey. Give something, make a start. Even if you can't give what you'd like to give yet, don't let that put you off from not giving at all. Rather give something. By giving something, it demonstrates your heart, your, your intention. It shows your heart and you're saying to God, Lord, I can't quite get there yet, but I'm going to make a start and I'm going to make some steps in my giving journey. Wherever we're at, we can all make some steps forward today. And I want to encourage and urge and challenge you to do that. Remember, ultimately, God is not after your money but rather God is after your heart. It's a heart issue. Uh, and God knows that if he gets your heart, then, then your wallet follows. But it is a heart issue. In Nehemiah's day, the people responded gladly. And I want to encourage us to, to be like that, to respond gladly, and generously. Let, let's be giving to God joyfully, to use a word from last week, and generously. If you want to know a little bit more about giving, there's some information now on our website at jubilee.org.uk forward slash finance. And if you'd like to make an online gift today, then you can do that by credit or debit card and you can just go straight to the website again at jubilee.org.uk forward slash give and you can give there. There's also details on the website as to who our trustees are that help us oversee our finances as a registered charity. And if you've got any more questions uh, about how we do that and how our finances are organized, there's some information on the website or you can approach me or any one of our trustees to talk about that. So let's pray as we finish together. Father, we thank you for your word to us. We thank you that your word challenges us. Uh, and I pray for each of us today that we would make some steps forward in our giving journey. We would see you to be faithful. And uh, God, you would bless us as a result. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.
Amen. Thanks for listening to this Jubilee Church podcast. Feel free to check out our website at www.jubilee.org.uk or come along on any Sunday morning.